first loved us. And Lord, when we were deep in the depths of our sin, you loved us and pursued us with your great love. And Lord, your presence changes everything. And we thank you for that. We pray that today, Lord, that you would just absolutely wash over our lives with your glory your Holy Spirit pour into us, removing, purging out anything that is not of you, any dark thoughts that we begin to believe, any doubt that we begin to hold on to. Lord, I pray that you just wash that stuff away with the power of your Holy Spirit flushing through our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Some of you, it was a fight to get here. Uh, I'm telling you, maybe even all week long, you've been fighting and uh, you made it. It's a victory. Amen. You made it. <laughs> I remember being on the, uh, the west coast of Africa and there was a little fisherman fishing village there on the water. And there was, uh, it was four guys in this little wooden boat, about 14 foot long and and uh, they were trying to get out in the, in, the, in the deeper waters. And they do this every week. This was something that they do. But I'm watching them try and paddle that boat out there in that water. And they'd go a little ways and that wave would hit them and push them back. They'd get on it again and they'd paddle a little ways and that wave would hit them. And they just try, I don't know how many times, half a dozen times, back, forth, back, forth. And then finally they made it past the breakers and they were gone. And I felt like this morning, there's some that they feel like those fishermen that, man, they paddle into it and they just keep getting pushed back. They paddle, they just keep getting pushed back. Can I just encourage you, you press through till you break through. Amen. Amen. Just as those fishermen, they, they just, they knew it was going to happen sooner or later. So they kept on trying and sure enough, they broke through. They made it past the breakers and off they went. But you know, it was a mess until, you know, until they did. I was watching that. That boat would get turned, and my goodness. They, and I'm just thinking, uh, there's some old rednecks over here in East Texas. We can show you how to do that. You need, a, you need an outboard. That's what you need. <laughs> no, they, they did with what they had. And they just knew that sooner or later, we'll break through. And they did. Amen. I want to encourage you to just continue to press on. And push through, and sooner or later, you'll break through. Amen? You keep trusting God. You keep trusting God. I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 14. I just have to warn you, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures. We normally do, but today, uh, we're going to look at a lot of passages of scriptures, and we're going to uh, move pretty fast. So, I love having my hands on a physical Bible. I like the convenience of having a a Bible on a phone, I can skip through pretty quickly. But if, if you can't find where I'm at quick enough, just look on the screen. It'll be on there today. Uh, just, uh, just know that we're going to look at a lot of scriptures. Exodus, we see the nation of Israel. God has rescued them out of Egypt, out of bondage of slavery. 
they are there at the, at the waters of the Red Sea, and the Egyptian army is hot on their tail, and they begin calling out to God, crying, griping at Moses, and, 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 and Moses turns, and this is a humorous passage of scripture to me because I felt like I've been here m- many times in my spiritual walk. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. I want to tell you that most of that is correct, (laughs) but it's not all correct because I have a, I'm a, I'm a visual thinker. So I'm thinking things that I'm seeing it in my mind and I see Moses and, and he's up here to the Red Sea and, 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 and there's all this water and, and we got the Israelite army and, and behind them, well, they're not an army yet, but they're about to be. Behind them are the Egyptians and, and, and they're all saying, Moses, we're, what are you going to do? We're going to die here. And Moses says, hey, just stand still. God's going to save us. And it's like he turns around and says, God, you got to save us. Because <laughs> look, look at verse 14. Uh, 15 says uh, and the Lord said to Moses why do you cry to me tell the children of Israel to go forward see Moses said just stand still God's going to fight for you God says Moses shut up and move (laughs) I know I would get a whooping for saying shut up growing up but he says quit crying out to me and get on the move so this is what he does. But I love this, verse 14. And the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And you know what he did? God fought for them, but they had to move. The power of God moves when the people of God move. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so they saw the power of God when they moved. And so at verse 16, God gives him some instructions. Lift your rod and the strength of your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea, and I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself. So they do. Moses lifts the rod over the waters. The waters part, dry ground. They go through. It's a big old body of water. And as they're passing through, Come out the other side. The Egyptians are following them. And again, God gives them the same instruction. Put your rod up in the air, back over that sea. And sure enough, it came crashing down, crashed on the Egyptians, wiped them all out. And now look at what, before then, look at verse 24. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians, and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulties. Well, that would be difficult. (laughs) And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel. Look at what they say. For the Lord fights for them. Ain't that what Moses said? God will fight our fights. And he did. And so look in verse 31. Then Israel, thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So there is Moses there at the Red Sea. God parts the Red Sea, leads them through, 
into victory. Amen? Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Here's Joshua. He was uh, mentored by Moses. Um, He was there with him through the entire journey in the wilderness. And now Moses has died, and now it's Joshua's turn. And Joshua, just as Moses was at the Red Sea, Joshua is at the Jordan River, about to go into Canaan land, into the land God promised Israel. And God is now encouraging Joshua. In verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now I want you to hear where we're going today. We're going to, you're going to hear these words over and over again. Be strong. Be strong. So Moses, I mean, Joshua is being told by God, verse 6, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the, according to all the law uh, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn away from it from the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. We need to know this is not just for your knowledge. It's not just for you to know. It's for you to do something with what you know. Amen? He says, for you to do it. Now, verse, verse 9. Have I not commanded you... Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Three times Joshua is told by God, you be strong and courageous. You be strong and courageous. God's going to fight your fight for you, but you have to do something. You have to move. God's power moves when God's people move. And so Joshua would then follow the leading of the Lord. The waters would part, Jordan River. They go into the promised land. They fight and win great victory after victory. Uh, the, the Canaanite people that lived there were an evil people. And, uh, and God had already told the nation of Israel, this will be your land. I'm gonna push out the people whose practices are absolutely wicked and perverse. I'm gonna push them out as I bring my people into this good land. And then there was King David and David was a big part of clearing out the land as he became king. But he had three guys that are known as David's mighty men. 2 Samuel chapter 23. I love, there's, there's a special forces of 30. And in the 30, there's three. And these three are, I mean, they, they're tough. They're tough. Look with me at 23, chapter 23, verse 8. And they got big old names, and they come from places with big old names, and I'm not reading all that. Uh, y'all will hear my ignorance if I try to read all that. So I'm just going to do my best. We're going to call this first guy Josh, all right? <laughs> Verse 8. So these are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Josh, that's him. And uh, let's drop down because I can't say all that. He was called Adino the Esnite because he had killed 800 men at one time. 800 men at one time. That's a lot of folks. That this one man had fought and killed 800 at one time. Verse 9, after him was Eleazar, son of Dodo. And now we know how he got to be so tough (laughs) because he had to fight every day at school. Your daddy's a Dodo. Your daddy's a Dodo. So Eleazar (laughs) was tough 
Uh, he was one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated. I need you to see that. When everybody else left, Eleazar stead, stood firm and he fought all by himself. And so when everyone else retreated, verse nine, they all left, Eleazar stayed and he fought, verse 10. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. Amen. I pray we will fight and this sword becomes such a part of who we are that it's like we're stuck to it. We cannot release it, that we hold on. We're skilled with this sword, amen. And just like Eleazar said, I, everybody else, if they all leave, I'm gonna still stay here and fight. Having a backbone like a tree trunk, I will stand firm with my hands in the sword, with the sword coming out of my mouth, I'm gonna fight that victory, amen. Eleazar stayed and he fought. After him was Shema, and we're going to move on down through this, these words. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils, so the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. I need to back up uh, to verse 10 again, back to Eleazar. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. But he worked through Eleazar. Amen. Here's he, this man stood there in the middle of the field and he fought the Philistines all by himself and God won a great victory. But had he, could he have won it without, without let me try that one more time, without Eleazar? He, he could have, but he will work through people who trust in him. And, and God can work in awesome and mighty ways. And we've seen him do it. But he, I also remember, let's think about this. There was a time in the book of Ezekiel, he said, I'm looking for someone who will stand in the gap. But he couldn't find anyone to do it. Looking for somebody. And so we need to trust in our God that he will work, but he will work through his people. And so here's Eleazar, he stood there in the middle of the field and he fought. And it says, the Lord brought about a great victory. I want you to look at verse 12. Here's the next guy, Shema. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Amen? Yeah. We must trust in the Lord that he'll bring about a great victory. Now, when I look at these three, I, I have to say, I, I've seen some pretty good fights, but that's kind of unbelievable. One guy... Defeating 800? That's quite the man. I, I'm going to have to tell you, uh, he couldn't do it in his own strength. I, ha, this is a good question. Let's, let's pontificate for a second. How about that? How big was Samson? <laughs> Just think about it. I've thought about how big was Samson? All of our, all of, I mean, we always uh, use Samson in children's church, and man, he's, he's, he swole and uh, big staff. But just think about it. When the Spirit of the Lord left him, he couldn't do anything. I think, I think he looked like a normal, ordinary man, possibly. I think these were normal, ordinary men themselves. But when God moved through them, he did mighty works through them. Amen. And so, hey, I'm just 
I'm just an ordinary guy. But I've seen God do some great victories in my life. And everything he, I, I, that I've seen him do in my past prepares me for what I've not yet seen him do in my future. And, and you're just ordinary persons. But God does extraordinary things, extraordinary things through ordinary people when they put their trust in him. And so individually, that can be pretty great. But then you put several trusting people together. These three mighty men, let's keep reading. Verse 13, then three of the 30, so remember there was the special forces group of 30, but then you got the three. The three of the 30 chief men went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam, and the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was there in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was, the, was then in Bethlehem. Let me explain. So, David is in this one area. He's got his army, but he's kind of in this stronghold, in this place that's easily defended. And so he's held up in this place that's easily defended. He has a troop of Philistines around him, possibly thousands. And then his hometown of Bethlehem has a garrison of Philistines around it, multiple thousands. So just think in your mind's eye, there's David held up in a stronghold, surrounded by Philistines, his hometown overrun by Philistines. And he says, I sure would, man, what it be like to have a drink of water from that well there in my hometown. And he's just talking. He's just talking. He's just doing what soldiers do sometimes when they're out in war and they're thinking about home. And he's just talking. And he says, oh, man, it'd be good to have a drink of that water. And those three guys heard David talking. And those three guys busted through the Philistine army that surrounded them, traveled to Bethlehem, busted through the garrison of Philistines, got him a cup of water. These dudes, that, that's a bad motor scooter right there. These three together come with a cup of water and bring it to their master, David. What we can do individually can be multiplied, multiplied when we come together in our faith in God. Amen. I mean, just think about that. This, this is why there's several reasons, but, but let me just kind of put together. This is why we have an invitation and invite people to come and, and, and allow God's people to come around there and, them and pray with them. What you can do on your own, yeah, you can trust the Lord and God do something mighty, but God specifically tells us to pray with other believers and, and to have other people in our lives to help us as we walk this Christian walk, or in other words, like Paul said, fight this good fight. We need people in our lives. I want to continue on through the scriptures, Second Chronicles chapter 32. So the first passage we looked at, it was the Egyptians hot on the trail of the Israelites. The second passage, Joshua's going in, there's the Canaanites, multiple armies. Third passage, it's the Philistines with David. And now here we have King Hezekiah, and it's now the Assyrians that have surrounded, surrounded uh, Jerusalem. And the people are getting discouraged. They begin to gripe and complain and, and whine and moan, and that's what people do. And so Hezekiah is going to encourage the people and strengthen them. And look what he says. You've heard these words before. Chapter 32, verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Amen. 
It's kind of a common theme in the Bible if you hadn't figured it out yet. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. Now, you need to understand what's going on here. This is called siege warfare. And in siege warfare, they will, the, the opposing army will come and surround you, cut off your supply lines. And here's this, this, this tiny little nation that's reduced down inside the old city walls of Jerusalem. Hezekiah is there inside the old city wall, and they are surrounded with tens of thousands of Assyrians. Surrounded. The people are thinking, there is no hope. There is no way. And Hezekiah says, don't worry, we got them outnumbered. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, their thoughts of, we have them outnumbered. It's not even close. But look what he says in verse 8. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God. Amen. He says all they can do is all they can do. Exclamation point. Pow. <laughs> uh, enough said. <laughs> but what God can do. Amen. Let's read it again. I think that's a good word, good word to repeat. Verse 8. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Amen. I hope that I can come and strengthen you. See, discouragement, discourage, it is to remove your courage. And Satan is constantly trying to discourage you. And he will put people in, in your environment, he'll put people around you that they might just make a little comment and it's discouraging. You might have something that happens to you and it's discouraging. And it causes you to say, I just will quit. Y'all know, know how many times that in my ministry I just wanted to quit? I just want to quit? I mean, just like, I, look, this is tough. It's tough. I mean, <laughs> go through struggles, and sometimes you wonder if you're making any kind of a difference at all. And, and I, there's been numerous times I just want to quit. There's been, there was a time not too long ago I wanted to quit the church, the faith, and my family. Just walk away from everything. I'm not kidding. I, it, was a, it was a low, low spiritual time in my life. And I griped at God. My wife thought he was going to kill me. I was, I was doing it out loud. And, and Christy said, you better watch what you're saying. And, and I was just honest with the Lord. You know what the Lord did? Nothing. She thought he was going to kill me. I ain't kidding you. But the Lord was just patient. He allowed me to express what the junk that was in my heart. He allowed me to pour out that discouragement. He allowed, and, and, and he just let me just vent for a second and then he poured in his love amen don't you know that we got a good God he's not a vengeful wrathful God he's a good God and 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 I, I, there's been times that I thought that's gonna quit man it's tough this is a fight a constant fight but I'm gonna tell you when I get there I'll, I, I get close to the Lord and he pours in his encouragement amen 
And I want this morning, I want to be able to encourage you and just say, you just keep on paddling. You'll break through eventually. You'll break through eventually. And so uh, with him as an arm of flesh, but with us as the Lord our God to help us and fight our battles. People were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Never give up. Never, 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 never give up. I want to move now to the New Testament, to a messed up church, 1 Corinthians. The church in Corinth was so messed up. Paul, the apostle, was trying to mentor, disciple them. But, I mean, y'all read it sometime. I know many of you have, and you're like, man, that church in Corinth was messed up. <laughs> yes, they were. Paul is trying to tell them to kick one guy out of the church because the guy was sleeping with his stepmom. Some of y'all think, that's in the Bible. Oh, it gets better. There's stuff in the Bible that just blow your mind. And they would, this church in Corinth would come for communion or the Lord's Supper. They called it a love feast. And, and they would gather and, and, and poor people came and was hungry and went home hungry. And rich people went home drunk. And Paul was just hammering them on all this stuff. But do you know how that church got so messed up? They were in a messed up city. They were only doing what they grew up doing. They were a product of their culture. They, they had taken, the, the, they were brand new Christians. They were baby Christians that he's trying to disciple them and mentor them and guess what? Encourage them. And yet, uh, here's how we see, he closes out the letter of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. Watch. That's a good word. You better watch. You better be alert and attentive and focused. You better watch out. In the army, they'd say, stay alert, stay alive. Watch. Number two, stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. I know how to run fast. I don't know how to stand fast. <laughs> what does it mean to stand fast? Stand firm. Stand fixed. Stand ready to fight. He says, you be watchful. You stand firm. Be brave. And be strong. As we look at these passages that Paul is writing to this church in Corinth, and he's trying to encourage them, they're in a culture that is just hammering them. And I think it looks a whole lot like our culture today. And this little church is just trying to, to maintain. They're trying to continue in the faith. And Paul is having to encourage them. And he says, you better be watchful. You better keep your eyes open and be looking. You better stand firm. Now, if I remember right, we just started off in Exodus where Moses was telling the people, stand firm. And God says, uh-uh, you better get moving. <laughs> now Paul is saying, stand firm, and it's good advice because the culture is trying to move them off of the foundation of Jesus Christ, and they say, I ain't moving. I ain't moving. I have a friend whose little boy, their church would take up the offering and on Sunday night, when they had Sunday night services, they had the, the teenagers, or the, the little kids, come take up the offering. And uh, they had the offering played, and, and uh, the preacher asked the little boy, said, you want to lead us in prayer? That little boy scared to death. He said, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> 
I ain't doing nothing. Here's when the enemy is trying to budge us off of the foundation of Jesus Christ, I'm going to stand firm. Just like Eleazar who said, even if everybody else leaves, I'm standing firm. And I'm just going to continue to stand firm. When I feel like quitting, I need you to come and encourage me and say, hey, preacher, stand firm. When you feel like quitting, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to encourage you to say, hey, you quit it, you'll regret it. But if you continue on, you'll be glad you did. There was an old cowboy preacher and one of his members had quit attending church and and the old preacher went out there to his ranch and, and uh, knocked. Man said, the door's open, come on in. Preacher comes in, never spoke a word. The old rancher's sitting there by the fireplace. Preacher takes the tongs and he just takes one of them coals out of that fireplace and sets it over there by itself. And that coal that was fire and hot just started to cool off get cold, went out. That rancher just kind of dropped his head. Preacher never said a word. Then he took those tongs and grabbed that coal again and shoved it right up there next to those other coals. You know that thing fired up again? Preacher got up and left. That's a good sermon right there. That's a good sermon right there. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. When it says be brave, I want to tell you it's not nearly as much about your bravery of building yourself up as it is your, your belief in our good God and our mighty God. Your bravery should be, I can trust him to fight for me. I can trust, I can believe him to do what he said he's going to do. We're going to look at one more passage. He's talking to a good church. This church is so awesome, the church of Ephesus. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. He is reminding this church the same thing that he was reminding the previous church. Same thing I'm reminding us. Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I can come up and give some kind of motivational talk and try and encourage you to build up your flesh, your own strength, your, your own willpower, but I'd rather just tell you that you can trust God. Amen? You can trust him. You can trust him to do what he said he was going to do. You can believe him. And he is true. And finally, Paul is talking to his young son in the faith, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. So we've now looked at a, Paul's encouragement to a church that is in, in a mess. And then to the church that is, man, they're going strong. And now to his individual son and in the Lord, a pastor, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. You therefore, my son, be strong. Amen? Be strong. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Previously, we read, be strong in the faith. What am I to do? I am going to put my faith in his grace and stand strong. Amen? Are y'all with me? Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I want you to look at verse three. You therefore must endure hardship. Oh, fun, ain't that fun? <laughs> I didn't know I was signing up for hardship. 
I thought it was going to be all blessings, no struggle. I thought this Christian stuff was just going to be uh, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. The Lord just pours out his blessings all over us uh, just to walk through the park. No, Paul says, hey, you've now been saved into a battleground, not a playground. Therefore, you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 3, therefore, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Hardship's going to come. They're going to come. Endure them. You'll, you'll get through them. Amen? It, here's, what, here's what the Bible says. It rains on the righteous and on the unrighteous alike. If we all, if everybody, all of us, standing outside, we all going to get rained on. Praise God. Thank God for the rain. Troubles are going to come to everybody. And all of us out there in our little boats, storms are going to come. I want to be in the boat with Jesus and continue to keep on. Paul says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Paul says, Jesus himself enlisted me. Timothy I'm enlisting you. Timothy, verse 2, you enlist others and you take what I taught you and you teach it to them and then they will teach others and we'll continue to build this army for Christ. We'll continue to fight and we're going to fight it together. Amen. I, I, can, I can do a lot on my own with the power of the Lord working in and through me, but I, I can do exponentially more alongside you with you trusting God to do the same thing. Together, just like David's mighty men, there ain't nothing God can't do through us. But we have to individually say, even if I have to stand by myself, I will stand. Even if I have to fight alone, I'm still going to fight. I am going to have the faith to trust in God, to believe that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And I pray that God will give us backbones like tree trunks, and read, instead of some sissy salvation, that we have faith with a backbone. Amen. Instead of some kind of a passive Christianity where we have the mindset of, well, what will happen will happen. They say, no, no, this is, a, this is a war. And God enlisted me into his army to fight his fight. But he will fight for me. And he will fight through me. Amen. I'm going to continue to stand even if the culture all around me says it's evil, but this says it's good, I'm going to say it's good. And even if the culture all around me says this is bad, I'm going to continue to know this is the word of God. And everything else can pass away. This word will stay true. And it will last forever. Amen. There's been cultures worse than ours that have risen up and fallen, and the word still stood. And it always will. Our God has proven to be the God who can, can defeat death and darkness and evil. Jesus even defeated the grave. And he says, you will too. You put your trust in him. Father God, thank you that you are a strong and mighty God who fights for us and fights through us. Father, I pray that you will pour your boldness, your holy unction into our spirits this morning. 
that we won't have a fickle faith, we'll have a fierce faith, recognizing that we were called to this. We were enlisted as a good soldier into the Lord's army. And this is worth fighting for. This nation is worth fighting for. This truth is worth fighting for. Our faith is worth fighting for. Armed with your love, bold in your truth, may we stand firm. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to have a time of worship. Just know the altar is open. We want to pray with you on anything. Maybe whatever it is that you were struggling with when you came here, maybe it won't be a struggle when you leave. You bring it before God and allow his people to pray with you over it. We're going to have a time of worship and be down here praying at the altar. Our Our prayer team will be down here as well and they can pray with you. Whatever it is God's moving and doing in you, you be obedient to that call as we sing. Scripture talks about bearing one another's burdens. And I know that there are a few people in here this morning who have a burden. And I want to invite you not to wait. Step out from where you're sitting right now and come forward and let one of these prayer warriors fight with you and bear that burden with you. That's what we're here. We're family, brothers and sisters, ready to fight one another's battles together, bear one another's burdens. So don't wait. Come now.